while back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste. Everybody, it is Wednesday, December the 2nd, 2015, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hi. Here with Bob Ryer. Hey, hello. And on the line with Ms. Stephanie Cook. I still like our version of the theme song better, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't really care. This is the way it I goes. I send it to you, Bobby. I, I have it. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have the song itself, so like, you can use it. That's that's. Okay. I give you the permission. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow. I You're appreciate welcome. that. That was very You're big welcome. of you to give me the permission. But I think full copyright to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I can't believe it's December. No. That was actually going to be like my, my opening thing when you're going around the table. It's going to be like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. Christmas is in what three weeks? Three no. weeks, and no. there's not too much um, 2015 left to talk about. That I am thrilled Ugh. about. Thank God, <laughs> this year was horrible. Uh-huh. It had, had some really great stuff, but the bad stuff for me personally outweighed the good. I don't know anybody who had a good year, like legitimately, and the people who my work friend. Bridget, she was like, I had a great year. And like the next day, her boyfriend of like two years broke up with her. And I was like, see? Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, everyone Very sweet of you. <laughs> How supportive. Yeah. Point at her and well, doing I didn't Nelson say, laugh. I told you so. <laughs> like, I was like, there, there. Sure, I'll cover your shift. And like. While smirking you know. behind you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I was just like, case in point. Like. <laughs> I don't want to say I told you so. But like, come but I on. I told you so. 2015, the year of shit. It's good. A bit, that's the that's its year in the, in the Chinese <laughs> calendar. <laughs> the year of it's shit. It's just a little poop emoji. <laughs> They've really modernized the Chinese yeah. calendar. We should yeah. make this shirt. I'm telling you. Yeah. The next year is the year of that girl who dances with the red dress emoji. Oh my god! Perfect. <laughs> you know that the the shit emoji is actually supposed to be like a little uh, coiled dollop of ice cream, chocolate ice cream. No way. That's Liar what they to... claim. It's a poop emoji. Oh, well, we all no. know that. We all know that. But they they tried to pass it off. I was like, well, then where's the vanilla ice cream? Man? Yeah, exactly. Has They're a- liars. It's yeah. poop. Yeah. Has anyone seen the video for the squatty potty? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. I talked about this on the Games Podcast oh. last year, and I got poo-pooed for it. It's hysterical. It is a right. Have you seen this? No, I don't know. What okay, is. can I? Please. All right, so here's the deal. The way that your, your body works when you're sitting down <laughs> and do your business. Oh, I do know what the squatty potty is. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the way in which you sit, it makes it tough sometimes for stuff to mm-hmm. get to where it's got to go. The squatty potty is essentially... I don't know how much it is, but it is a a uh, stool that is no spe- pun intended. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, thank you, Bob. Specifically designed <laughs> that you tuck it underneath your toilet and it fits, and then when you're doing your business, you pull it out and you put your your feet up on it to basically 
like arc your insides mm. so it, much that uh, things flow more it, freely. Unkinks your anus. Unkinks your anus. However, the marketing behind this thing, if you see it, is positively genius. It is like five and a half minutes long, and it is a uh, a puppet of a unicorn with giant sparkly eyes and a guy in like a Prince Pompadour red Renaissance suit with like a like a pencil mustache talking in like old ye English and the unicorn demonstrates the use of this squatty potty and when it when it shits it shits out rainbow sherbet ice cream that they then use a lever and create rainbow sherbet ice cream cones to which about three minutes into the promotional there's a group of children eating the sherbet ice cream mm-hmm. and or unicorn shit while this guy is uh telling you all about this like bold new product mm. where you just you could take a box and put your feet on a box and get the same effect but if you buy the squatty potty uh you do it because of the unicorn said so oh yes you trust me you need to see that no, i'll watch it yeah. it's pretty it's pretty amazing mm. it is pretty amazing i wish that <clears throat> more things i might actually enjoy advertising if more mm. things were, were like yeah. that gotcha the poopery commercial is great that is great you know what that is I right don't i don't one. you want me to don't know all these real i don't need a description <laughs> rob, <laughs> had, rob had it in his house for the first time i, I have bought poopery because of those commercials and it really does work. It totally it works. It really does make your shit smell like roses. It totally works. I will I will look this up. I will definitely look it up. You put it in before you go. Mm-hmm. I know. It's amazing. I have like, and they have the cleverest names. Like, I legitimately would love a job in which I could come up with poopery names for like the different sense. Like, like my ideal job na- listing, you know, in terms of naming things would be like poopery sense, crayons. And then maybe like makeup because at work we also have like some makeup stuff. And I like, I feel like every single thing is a variation of lilac that are just like, we don't know what other thing, night lilac, let's call it night lilac. How about like dusk lilac? And I'm like, that's not a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Armageddon. I want to name things. That was, but mostly poop things. Midnight Rouge. Yeah. Mostly poop things. Mostly poop things. It's a lot of nice nice poop conversation we've all had. Getting it all out at the end of the year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Getting it all out. The year of poop. Uh, Getting it all out of our systems. (laughs) Exactly. Hacha. Hacha. Just poop buns all night. I was going to really make a joke that would really piss off a certain section of our listeners by saying, now that we're talking about poop, let's talk about the Batman v Superman teaser. Oh. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Don't tell. Oh, no. No, 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 I don't no, want to no. be a part of this. No, no, we're no. still yelling at us for Man of Steel. I know. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm not like, it, it's like it's like a 10 second thing. We're not going to... Well, next week, the full trailer will be out. We'll talk about it then. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. But we did have another full trailer that came out the, oh. the night we recorded the freaking podcast. Yes, as always. Oh, God, yeah. That's uh, right. I Captain America that. Civil War uh, hit, I think... An hour after we finished recording the podcast, mm-hmm. of, of course, of course. Um, did, did we all watch it? Yeah, I've seen yeah, it. Repeatedly. Did you watch it, Stephanie? No. No? Why don't you put us on mute and watch it while we're <laughs> while we're talking here? Okay. <laughs> you, you'll we'll be contemplate this. a nice minute and a half of your life. Um, okay. So 
we'll, we'll come back to you after we've all said our, our, our piece about it really quickly. Uh, so Captain America Civil War. Uh, Bob, you said it, you watch it repeatedly, so I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that's not a hate watch. No, it's not a hate watch. <laughs> I, I've been a little concerned because I was not a big fan of the Civil War mm-hmm. series and, and where it all led to and so on and so forth. This takes the idea of conflict, but makes it very, very personal. Mm. We're just going for this? Well, we're I mean, just... it's a trailer. We're not... Right. Okay, <laughs> it's out there already. Yeah. It centers on Bucky and the idea of Cap doing the right thing for someone who's also now trying to do the right thing, and Tony's on the other side of this equation. And that's been brewing really since Avengers, when you start mm-hmm. to look back at those movies. They've been mm. at each other a little bit, and now it's really busted out. Sides have been taken uh, in a really nice way when you can see what seems to make sense on most of it. Mm-hmm. Lots of action, great double teaming fight mm-hmm. sequence at the yeah. end. This looks like it's going to be the Avengers 2 that they should have been, maybe. <laughs> Interesting. What do you think about Steve? Black Panther. Yeah. Black Panther. He was running really fast. Yeah. On that In that parking garage after that car. He looks so amazing. I cannot wait to see uh, what he's going to do, how he's going to be a part of that movie. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it because I trust the creative team behind it. Like I, They've already given me probably my favorite Marvel movie in the entire canon, so I've given them my trust. Um, and I read Civil War earlier this year, and there were things about it that I liked, and there were things about it that I, I really didn't like. And I know it's just a trailer, but it was kind of relieving for me because as I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't look anything like the book that I read. And rather than, you know, in the in a weird world where people are like, oh, it looks nothing like it. What the hell am I even watching? It was like, mm-hmm. oh, for me personally. Yeah. Other people want to see it. That's fine. But I was like, oh, man, thank goodness that this doesn't look like the book. This It has it looks like it has some of the core themes but because of the the cinematic universe that they've built and they've been, you know, going in this direction for all this time, I mean, they've they've known that they were going to do this probably forever. Um, it makes sense now. Um, and so I, some of those action sequences are just so ridiculous. The teams are a little interesting in terms of who wound up on whose side. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll be curious just to see like how cemented in their like their opinions and their ways and where they stand like how that progresses throughout the film but uh it looks like it's going to be another movie where we get like some really solid Captain America moments mm-hmm. and I'm I'm so looking forward to that and it's cool to also see uh Bucky coming back and and you know he was a big part of Winter Soldier obviously but I think he's going to be an even larger part uh of this and I was really glad that we didn't see Spider-Man yet yeah I didn't I don't think they're, they it's, someone pulled a screen cap they haven't even officially yeah. confirmed that he's in the movie. That's so they're even. Yeah. There's one shot from up in an airplane. Look, there's a little blue and red guy. It's <laughs> oh, Spider-Man. God. It's right. like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they probably sure. put that in digitally at the very yeah. end. Yeah. It's a beer can on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Spider-Man. Yeah. Watch, watch did, him go did crazy. Did you read my commentary, Bobby? No, were you writing something? Where, where... Oh, God damn it, Bobby. I'm paying attention what to what people are, are saying. What are you doing? <laughs> this... I sent you a complete commentary of the two and... A half minute of yeah. my life. Do you, you, you want me to read it out for people? You don't really need to. I'm, I'm going to read it. Oh, just... there you go. Bucky! <laughs> ah! More Bucky! Falcon! Cap, cap, cap! Black Panther! Bucky! <laughs> but he was my friend! So was I! Bucky! <laughs> there you go. 
Thank you. That was her commentary. I feel validated. Good. Um, so I I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, I'm an amalgamation of both. I think that I my excitement for the movie is very high to begin with, but I again not a huge fan of that storyline. So I was like, okay, I don't. At the start, I'm not super psyched that this is the way that they're going. Uh, you know, there's still aspects of it for me just as on a conceptual level that aren't my favorite thing. Like heroes fighting heroes is not necessarily the thing that I, I, I most want to see. Um, but, but I will say that I think that, like you said, Bob, they seem to have brought it down to a very personal level, which I, I like. And of course, that last that last couple of lines is great. Um, and it sort of reminds you, oh, right, we have like really great actors playing these these roles of these sort of big larger than life characters um and it's a really great line reading from robert downey jr at the end it's very affecting it's very very affecting and i like that i liked that a lot uh black panther thing black panther was great oh, uh, so um you know i i, I think it's interesting because they show a good amount of stuff there they show you kind of the, the baseline stuff of what's going to happen but you still don't know the details right so it seems obviously that something a big disaster happens at the beginning of the movie and Bucky gets framed or blamed for it. So they come for him. Steve knows he didn't do it. So he's protecting him. And that's how everything kind of gets, mm -hmm. gets going. I, I wonder who's framing him. Uh, I would assume it's general Ross. <laughs> yeah. Is that nice who that guy is? Back. That's like coming down on them throughout. Well, yeah. The that's uh that's a William Hurt who played general Ross in uh okay. incredible Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've seen incredible Hulk. I think all the way through maybe once or twice. Yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. So, uh, it's cool that he's back. That's a really interesting pull from like their general universe that I think is, is pretty neat. Um, and we don't know why Black Panther is involved at all unless that attack happened in Wakanda. Like I, we, we don't know. Or some 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 Wakandan was hurt in, in the attack or something. Nah, he's just like, sup? Yeah. <laughs> it's my time. I run really fast. <laughs> um, he's like, you guys been missing me. You didn't know it, but you are. Yeah. His costume so he's design just is like, so nice. Here. He's yeah. just like, here I am. <laughs> I hope first time I see him, he has the little cape. When we first saw him in the in the old books, yeah, first, just very royal little red cape on his shoulder, <laughs> and he takes it off and does his. Well, maybe when stuff. he's in in Wakanda, yeah. that's that's the way he rolls. But uh, I I like obviously it's great that he's there. I, I'm interested to see what all those kind of ins and outs are. And I was oh, I was always skeptical in the fact that they would they said you know all these characters are in it, but it's very much still a Captain America movie. I didn't know how they were going to go about that. Uh, but making it as personal as they did with the Bucky situation, it shows yeah. obviously how they're going to make it a very Captain America movie. I I'm excited to see, I, like Steve said, uh, Murder Soldier is, one of, is not my favorite. It's my second favorite Marvel movie. So, uh, you know, it's like, it depends on the day w when you ask me. So I'm very excited to see what they do with this. Stephanie, you just watched it. What I did. did. What did you That's think? I am very excited. I mean, I was actively kind of trying to avoid it for the most part, but I think, um, I just, I think like after this, like I don't need to watch every mm -hmm. trailer that follows, but this mm -hmm. was a good introduction to what the film is going to focus on. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked very action packed. I, I don't really like this internal struggle stuff. Um, like within the Avengers, I, I like them now that they're a team and like I feel like they've just gotten to that point and I'm kind of like a little bit bummed that the Civil War stuff is what they're focusing on because I really have they really did just come together and now we're splitting them apart mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like that's a bit too soon to do that mm -hmm. like I would really like to see another movie where they're all a team mm -hmm. um, 
And I'm sure that'll come in Avengers 4 and 5 and 6 and <laughs> 10. But, you know, like I I I still have like regrets that you know, it's like, look guys, comics can be fun and then they're like and now we're dark again. <laughs> like look at the struggles that we go through. <laughs> In, I love how everybody gets laryngitis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah duh. Um, so like, I have some like feelings regarding that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other things that you could do with the franchise. And I think, you know, like it looks interesting and it definitely gives layers, some more layers to the characters. Um, but I mean, do we do we really need to see this? struggle right off the bat like come on they just got their shit together <laughs> um i mean I with the, the I movie thought, world is cool though yeah um, i'm real excited about bucky seemingly remembering some stuff mm-hmm. um him and cap they're rekindling their bromance mm-hmm. talking about moms yeah yep. talking about mom and some newspapers <laughs> um i um i don't know um I wish we kind of saw, like, given how big of a role um, Wanda had in the last movie, I kind of thought she'd be a little more featured in this trailer. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the main focus wasn't really on anyone else outside of um, Cap and Tony anyways and Bucky, obviously. Yeah, and from what I hear about the movie, those three are sort of, and Sam, obviously, are sort of the focus of the movie. The other Avengers characters are kind of only in, I think, some some opening it, it scenes seems, and stuff like this feels like a captain america movie to me yeah like, which it is yeah I, yeah but i mean it's as called captain america civil avengers war 3. yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah i mean it's not avengers 3 it's captain america civil war <laughs> oh yeah i guess yeah i'm thinking it's like avengers but like you yeah. know like um, well, that's good though it should feel like a captain america movie i'm glad it does i don't want but, it to feel like an avengers movie um i hope falcon has a big role in it me too I like his new costume. Yeah. His new costume I is hate, classic red. I like Anthony Mackie so much. Yeah. Like he's quickly become like I've only really seen him in like the Marvel movies and like he's quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Like I can't wait to see the night before. And not even for Joseph Gordon Levitt. And I love him. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see Anthony Mackie. Like that dude's rocking. <laughs> Although Joseph Gordon Levitt doing that lip sync battle and the Janet Jackson moves, like that dude needs to like It was pretty cool. Yeah, he needs to make a cameo in Magic Mike. <laughs> Just saying. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh what's his name? Chris um Evans. Thank you. You could have you could have met any number of people in the Marvel I know, universe. I know. <laughs> He's he was okay, so he was thinking about leaving the Marvel universe and then he came forward and said, I'll play Captain America as long as they want me mm-hmm. to. Yeah. With a statement like that, do you think this now changes Marvel's plans? Do you think that maybe he threw a wrench into the works? What, do we think that maybe Cap was going to bite it? Uh, no. I mean, I don't think Marvel is never going to be like, oh, no, the, <laughs> Chris Evans wants us to keep doing this. Well, I mean, it's all just speculation because, like, uh, what's his face? Sebastian Stan was signed on for, like, nine movies. Yeah, he'll be in a bunch. He could, But the Winter Soldier is his own character. Right. Yeah. But, like, there was speculation that, like, oh, like, when we saw the broken shield that turned out to be a dream sequence yeah. in Avengers mm-hmm. 2, but people were like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. But, again, it's all people saying that stuff and not right. Marvel saying anything. I, I think that, I mean, look, I think that eventually Evans will leave. Because that's just what happens. And if Marvel wants to kill him off, they'll kill him off or they'll put him on the sidelines or whatever they're going to want to do. But I don't think that it's something they like necessarily want to do. I, I think that 
But again, he has to resign, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he mm-hmm. says he'll do them until uh, as long as I'll let him, but they're still going to have to pay him the right, amount of money they, he they wants. They might assign Sebastian Stan as insurance. Yeah. But they sign all their people to nine mm-hmm. movies. That's what they do. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I'm excited to see it. But I agree with that I would rather not be people fighting, but um, what they have there looks interesting. All right, let's jump into our lightning round. I definitely am exciting about. Exciting about? You're exciting about. I'm excited about. (laughs) Um, You know, Bucky not being a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you like Anthony Mackie, uh, he's great in The Hurt Locker. He's awesome in oh, the right. locker. And there's a movie called The Adjustment Bureau that he was in. Oh, yeah. Oh. He plays one of those oh. dudes. Yeah. He's really good in that, too. <laughs> That's Oh, yeah. He played a dude in that. Oh, he's yeah, one he of the Adjustment Bureau. Oh, yeah. He was a dude in that. No, not yet. I'm really, I'm, Jeff and I are going to go. Creed was excellent. Very excited to see that. Excellent. All right. Let's get here. Let's go here. Lightning round time. Um, Stephanie, I have no idea what you're doing because you didn't send an oh, email. Oh, no. <laughs> I need to look at everyone's thing. Okay. So, Steve. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you ready? You have three minutes. All right. And go. Okay. So uh, on a lark, I picked up Venom Space Knight number one. Not something you'd think that I would pick no. up. But I did because it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, this is from Robbie Thompson, who's also the writer of Silk. Uh, so it was you know name recognition that got me to, to pick it up off the shelf. And Ariel uh, Olivetti's artwork is just positively stunning in this. It has got kind of a like painterly slash almost graffiti like quality to it. And it's one of those books, kind of like a Mike Del Mundo presented thing where just every single page looks like the gorgeous cover uh that it has. Mm-hmm. And um it's like it's good. It's neat. It's it's you know Venom out in space in the cosmos. He's now an agent of the cosmos. He has no idea what that means, <laughs> but he's gonna, you know, he's gonna own the name. And um, like I said, much of the pull of this was uh, was the artwork, but it's got cool creatures in it. Uh, he's kind of like a like a law officer of the cosmos now, looking to protect people, and it's got a, a creative little hook uh, at the end of it that actually has me wanting to check out another issue. And if it stays, if the artwork stays, I mean, this is just going to be you know a collected comic of of epic gorgeousness um i d- strongly urge you if you don't end up buying it at least go online and check out some of uh her artwork because it is fantastic saga is back saga number 31 came out this past week and it's just as amazing as you would expect uh hazel is now uh separated from both of her parents at this point uh of the story and we're kind of focusing down on where she is in her life and the thing that I love about this book is just when you think that things are going to be kind of like, not at a standstill, but there'll be like a lull in the story for a little bit. Something happens that just turns everything into chaos all over again. And um, the, the series, just, it hasn't missed a beat. It's still it's still incredible. 31 issues in that this thing started off so amazing and it's still one of the best comics that you can buy on the shelves. So kudos to Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn for keeping that book so amazing. And uh, the last book I wanted to mention really quick is a book from Matt Kent called Two Sisters. This is actually um, a book that he wrote a while ago. I think it was like uh, 2009 or eight, And he just recently got uh, all the rights back to his stories and stuff. So he's reprinting them with uh, Dark Horse. If you're into kind of like the noir, um, sleuthy, spy, espionage type of stuff, Two Sisters is really cool about um, sister who goes off to work in kind of not the secret service but she's a spy 
in World War II with the Nazis and everything. And it's kind of a mirrored story of she has a sister back home who has always been viewed as kind of the beauty and the one that everyone wants. And meanwhile, the one sister gets stuck home kind of living one life while she lives another. And um, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, just one quick comment. I know I ran out of time, but um, don't shake your head. I'm shaking my head at you. No one would have known if you hadn't said anything. It's radio. (laughs) (laughs) They can hear it. You just would have known (laughs) for yourself. It It was only for you. Uh, Just one point that I wanted to make, I I didn't get to say, is that um, I really like the kind of the the duality of the of the the relationships between the sisters because l who's the main character sees her sister like i said as the beauty and the one that everyone wants and the accomplished one and everything like that but in the end she's the one that becomes this you know woman of international mystery and winds up assuming the identities of multiple people and personas and just winds up having a much richer life in terms of variety and um the way that that kind of goes they they keep panning uh, matt keeps panning back to the other sister back home and it's weird how you can people's lives are different than what you see them as someone that you're like oh their lives must be great and all these things that they do and all these things are a part of and everybody loves them it's not always like that and maybe sometimes to look inward and see what your life is like maybe your life is a little bit better Hmm. not that it's a competition or is it? It is a competition. Um, <laughs> Between siblings, sometimes it is. Yes, it's true. But uh, it was great. It was really good. Um, I got a little lost sometimes, but um, man. Was it great or was it really good? Those are two different things. Oh, God. You said both of them. <laughs> I'm going to go with really good. Okay. All right. <laughs> go with really good. All right. Not very good. No, really, really good. good. Really good. Really good. Um that's like great in comics. I like this. <laughs> so, uh, Saga 31, Venom Space Knight, and Two Sisters. Yeah. Do the three books. Great. All right. Bob. Oh. You're going to go next. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephanie lost her chance to go before you by... by That's okay. That's now. fair. All right. That's fair. <laughs> All right. And three minutes and go. Okay. There's a new Empowered special by Adam Moore, and this one bearing the onomatopoetic title, Pew, Pew, Pew. It does. See? Mm-hmm. Plot centers are an outbreak of super criminals using crazy big super weapons, all from techno fetish ink. And the only super homie on duty is our somewhat more confident imp. Uh, as usual, a lot of sly commentary on the superhero arms race and the nature of heroinism, if there is such a thing. Um, on the heroism, heroin front, not that kind of heroin, Silk Number One <laughs> continued to find run it was on before it was so rudely interrupted, although with some interesting twists to Sydney Moon's mission. As the cover begs the question, has Silk turned to crime? Da-da-da. Ah. On the subject of conflicted heroines, Hench Girl Number 2 by Kristen Gunsick was every bit as much fun as the first, with a lovely star turn by the lead character. All you need to know about Squirrel Girl Number 2 comes at the bottom of the first page that shows Doreen and Tippy falling asleep and then disappearing into the past. The note there reads... Other comics will make you read a whole miniseries just to see their heroes sent back in time and also race in the timeline. We do it on our very first page. How's that taste, all other comics? <laughs> uh, another book that deals with troubles in the space-time continuum is Silver Surfer 15, which is the last day's finale of this volume. And it's a magnificent bit of storytelling by Dan Slott and Michael and Laura Allred. As they used to say in old movie posters, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be thrilled. Speaking of the All Reds, the second issue of Art Ops, which is written by Sean Simon with some extra art by Matt Brundage, uh, goes to some even even stranger places than the first, like the 80s MTV era and CBGB's bathroom. 
you have to see it and believe it. But for anyone who didn't pick up that first issue after we spoke about it so glowingly, you're really missing out on something very inventive, and it's new, and you can still get these. It's still out there. And how much time do I have? I give a minute, Bob. I still have a whole minute. Look at that. I don't understand this. <laughs> um, I am still really enjoying the heck out of DC bombshells. And number five here, we're introduced to Poison Ivy and Selena. And we get a whole nother turn of events with Supergirl and Stargirl, who've been lied to by their Russian lords. Mm. Her parents are in desperate trouble, and they get a rescue from an unexpected source that you wouldn't think would be out there in the Russian steppes, but he's there anyway. That's that's about it, because the only other thing I had over here is something else for something else, because Bobby's talking about it. Well, so you I have, still have 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds. You can talk about it. I can just no, jump no, on. No, no. I have plenty of stuff to talk okay. about. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Picked up switch number two after picking up the first issue and just love where this went. We we deepened the storyline and the characters. Crazy, fantastic art. Real, real people, as is usual with Stepan Sage's work. So switch number two, it's out there. Go get it because it's important if people have seen some of the internet things that were going on today. Switch number two deserves to be read by tons and tons of people. Yes, there you go. Bob added a book and he still was under time. Um... Yeah, so uh, people didn't see, uh, Stepan said today on his Twitter that Death Vigil's done, because uh, oh. the sales were so horrible. I'm sorry, what? The Death Vigil is done. No more Death Vigil. Ah. <sighs> the sales were horrible. Um, and he seems uh, fed up with the comic industry in general, yeah. so uh, if Switch doesn't do well, we might lose him totally from the comic book world. Right. Go design games, as someone yeah. said he said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I love Switch as well. I, I think it was great. Uh, it was much more uh digestible than the first yes. issue as well it was it settled down it focused much more on the characters it almost felt like it couldn't have been this exact issue couldn't have been the number one but it felt like something like this should have been the, the number one mm-hmm. um but the first issue had a lot of great action and would come they come and they get really fast so there's also that but here it sort of ditches a lot of those big things and more deals with fallout of of what happened and getting sort of one-on-one time with our lead character and sort of the ins and outs and we get a picture of sort of the larger uh the larger world at play uh and you know that even though our main character seems very powerful she's not as powerful as some other like to think yeah some others are Really liked it. I'll continue to pick it up. It, it was yeah, it was a no, great read. Definitely went to my pull list. Yeah, uh, like you said, some really gorgeous, beautiful stuff in, in, in the book as well. And it a was nice role for who I imagine is the original Witchblade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that deepens itself out too. Yeah, very cool. Very very yeah. cool book. I'm 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 excited for its future. Hopefully, it has a nice long future. Uh, Oh, you, you, you spoke about last days. I just want to say there's a little bit of news. Secret Wars number nine delayed till January. What? Yep. Because it will never end. Uh, I. How many issues are out? Seven. Six, seven. Is it seven? seven. So, yeah, seven was yeah two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 There's seven issues. From what I've heard, I haven't read it, but from what I've heard, it's very good. But <laughs> I, I mean, you know, look, I, 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 I threw my hands up in the air about this so many months ago mm-hmm. that them moving it to January it doesn't make any difference to me the only thing that I feel bad about is that I know that the end of that is holding up other series yes I want the Spider-Man series yes. I want the Miles Morales yeah. Spider-Man That's series what I want yeah. so much and apparently this is what's holding it up and I'm yeah. I'm a little salty about at that at least they'll be know? really ahead because yeah. they're working on well, it well that was the <laughs> other end of it yeah, yeah. Now, now, so far the relaunches 
haven't been affected. Not, not, not very they, many of them, no. They, they built in that eight-month gap, mm-hmm. supposedly, and that uh, turns out to be okay. But uh, this issue of Silver Surfer does give you some glimpses mm. of the ending of the last mm. universe. Mm. So uh, I just want to throw that there. I don't, I don't have much to say about it. It's just I, yeah. it's, it's delayed again, so everybody out there knows what in case they don't price. pay attention to yeah. the thing. Uh, Stephanie, are you ready now? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to... Did you look up what books I was going to talk about so you don't steal yes. any of my books? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. Three minutes and go. So, read All New Wolverine number two. This wasn't on your list, right? No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really digging this series. I like... All of the characters so far, I like where they're taking the plot. I think it's really interesting and it's complex, but like in a nice sort of simple, easy way to digest. Um, There's a lot going on. The art's great. Um, The colors are fantastic on the art. And all around, I just think this is a really solid um, way to do a changeover from um, Logan being Wolverine to uh, Laura. I think it's fantastic and I'm definitely looking forward to reading more of it. Um, Alabaster, the good, the bad and the bird number one. So this is the continuation of Alabaster Wolves and uh, written by Caitlin R. Kiernan. And I forget who did the art on it. I'm Steve sorry. Lieber. Pardon? Is it Steve Lieber? He did the art Maybe. for all the rest of it. I, I feel like it might be different though. Uh, okay. I could be, I could be wrong. Anyways. Um, really enjoyed this too um it's it's kind of a weird like dancy isn't like a part of the main part of the story like she's there but there's like a separate thing going on with her versus the sort of main plot and the end of this first issue kind of sees them finally come together in a different way and if you read alabaster wolves um you may be being like yeah how does that work given what happens (laughs) Um, and they go through that. It's really beautiful. I loved the art. I loved especially the parts with Dancy. Um, she has this sort of like nebula thing going on. Um, and it's really freaking cool. I'm interested to see um, where this carries on to. Again, like Wolverine. It's interesting. I might wait. To, I might trade wait for all of it. But um, it's definitely out there and doing the trick for the most part. Uh, Red Thorn number one, which I don't know anyone else, but Megan Hedrick does the art. Yay, Megan. Um, <laughs> so this is a story about it's it's supernatural. I feel like it may draw from <sighs> something that Peter Carey or Mike Carey and Peter Gross did because they get special thanks to him. Them. Mm-hmm. Thems. Thems thems. <laughs> um so I suspect it might have something to do with Things they've worked on in the past. Lucifer, the Unridden, one of those things. Yeah. Um, really liked the art, really liked the story. Again, um, it has to do with drawings coming to life. Um, mm. And this woman who's looking for her sister, well, not looking for her sister, looking for information on her sister that she never met. She went missing before she was born. Um, she finds out that, like, kind of brings catches you're out of time stephanie i know but um that that's mostly it it's really good also limbo no more it's really good read it what was the last one 
Limbo number one. A limbo like number one. Dan Waters and Casper Wingard. 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 I read that. It was interesting. <laughs> I liked it. It's very voodoo. I love uh, the cover. The, the artist. Voodoo neon. The artist on uh, Alabaster is Daniel Warren Johnson. See? There I you knew go. that wasn't Steve Lieber. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to read that. It's pretty good. I loved I loved both uh, Alabaster Wolves and Alabaster Grimmer Tales, which was an, uh, kind of like the It was like anthology. a novel sort of thing. No, like there was another one. That was Alabaster oh, okay. Pale Horse or whatever. There's one called Grimmer Tales, which is like a collection of all of the Dark Horse Presents like minis that oh, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's really, really good. Um, I love that character. I just ordered I, all three I of those. I think that it's going the, to the read. Weekend, Black Friday, oh. whatever. I really liked how Dancy was drawn by Steve Lieber. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is a good, interesting take on her, too. It's a bit more cartoony, though, I think. Okay. And before, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just different. Um, my, I, I do think the first issue wasn't hard to follow, but I think this is something that's definitely going to be better um, enjoyed all in trade because there's mm-hmm. a lot of kind of, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... You know, reading it all at once versus leaving it, you know, for a month and coming back to it, um, it it'll be better served. Yeah, right. yeah. Cool though. So, Alabaster, the good, uh, the bad, and the bird. Uh, yeah. What were the other two other books you talked uh, about? All new Wolverine number two. Okay. Um, what else did I talk about? Oh, and Red Thorn. Red Thorn. And briefly, I shouted something about Limbo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. It's a shame we didn't have limbo music for underneath it. Been, you know, next time. I don't have the limbo in my soundboard, but I'm sorry. <laughs> That's too <stupid. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, for me, Archie number four, uh, this is sort of the uh, revelation of what the lipstick incident was oh. that we, t- we that broke up Archie and, and Betty and the, that we, they talked about in the first issue. Was it scandalous? Uh, it's not scandalous, but it's very well executed and sort of uh, heartbreaking in, in in some ways. Uh, oh. Annie Wu takes over art duties uh-huh. on issue four and uh, obviously very different than, than Fiona Staples, but it's still a fantastic looking book. So I really highly recommend uh, Archie. If you're waiting for trade, uh, definitely pick it up. Or if you're wondering if it kept up its quality, it definitely, definitely did. It's something you should definitely read. Um, Black Magic, number two from Greg Rucka and Nicholas Scott. Uh, another excellent issue. I absolutely loved it. Uh, this series is just amazing uh, if you're not reading it jump on that train uh because you're not going to want to be behind on this book i think it's going to be full of crazy revelations and, and awesome plot twists and uh even without that stuff the the just moment to moment character interaction is great the art is absolutely gorgeous um can't recommend it enough one of the one of my favorite new series of the year uh bar none uh i read a giant days uh volume yeah. one as well um and i have a little bit of time so i'm going to get into the, the the peeps who who created this book a little bit um let me get the information up here i would but as you can see see look written by blank art by blank on the comiXology information <laughs> there you go thanks a lot uh you got uh Al- um here John Allison created and written by illustrated by Alyssa Trayman yes and Whitney Coger for colors and Jim Campbell uh, letters 
cover by uh, Alyssa Trayman. Uh, so I read the first issue, and I think back when we read it, I, I said, you know, this is the kind of book that it's so slice of life, it's so sort of just sort of in the moment kind of stuff that it doesn't really hold my attention in, in a month to month scenario. But as a trade, I think reading it all at once, all of the charm and all of the wit, everything will will, will really hit me harder because I'm not spreading it out over over all these months. And so I picked up volume one when it popped up on on, on Comicsology and. I, I really loved it. I think all three of our main characters are uh, very likable, but very human. They have faults. They have stuff that they're great at, stuff that they're horrible at. Uh, they deal with everyday problems in sort of you know elevated ways because there's they're, they, they react in some ridiculous ways to things. But I, I don't think so ridiculous that it, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I love that there's this big thing when um, you know this sort of this sort of man from one of the characters pasts comes into the picture and it seems like this crazy like dramatic thing and then when you find out what actually happened it's like such a real to life sort of thing uh, and i think it wraps us up perfectly uh the art is beautiful the writing is great uh it's just fun and witty and a, a joy to read i can't recommend uh giant days volume one more huzzah boom I'm so glad yeah. that you liked it because I absolutely love it. Yeah, I did. I, I, like I said, I didn't. I didn't read it month to month, but reading it as, as a trade, I think it really read very, very well. Um, it's really funny. It's very, very funny, and I love them dealing with. You know, they deal with like, like you know, when when they all get sick at, the, at yeah. one point. It, it's very funny and very true in the way they sort of they sort of bring out the, the feeling of of being sick uh, and the sort of stages of it. I thought was great. I love that page where it's just one page of the, the three scenarios of them each being sick mm -hmm. and the one, um, the, I can't remember their, I, their names get lost in my head, but yeah. uh, the one that's just kind of sinking into her bed mm -hmm. and like receding into the covers yeah. and into her jacket and everything. Mm -hmm. And by the time they get to the last panel, it's just a pair of eyes and a teeny piece of a yeah. forehead. <laughs> so great. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, uh it's great. The only name I remember is the dark hair girl's name is Esther. I know that. Right. Uh, I can never. I can't remember. Ptolemy is another one. Uh, Susan, Esther, and I don't can't find the other name. I'm pretty right sure now. it's Ptolemy. Okay, that's an interesting name. <laughs> yeah, it took it took me a minute to pronounce it when I first read it, but I'm pretty certain that's Ptolemy. <laughs> okay, but yeah, really, really great. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's it, it's. I think Bob. I think especially. I think you would love it. Mm -hmm. I remember Daisy. Daisy. I was totally wrong. Totally wrong. Wait, no, no, no. Susan Ptolemy. All right, there you go. That's her last name. Susan's last name is Ptolemy. Yeah. Okay, so I was... Yeah. I was there. Daisy, Susan, and Esther. Excellent. Are the other three Glad we sussed that out. Esther's my favorite. She's the dark-haired one. Yes. Yeah. Though I particularly love when... What's her face? When Esther ends up... No, I'm Daisy. Sorry, Daisy uh, ends up tripping on uh, mm -hmm. the the what was it meds or somebody gave her drugs at a party. Yeah. Oh my god, she's never done it before. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny. It's good stuff. It's really good. Re really, really good. And like I said, great in trade. So that's uh, Giant Days Volume One, um, Archie Number Four, and Black Magic Number Two. All great stuff. Uh, I'm excited too because. Lazarus volume four comes out soon 
and Manifest Destiny Volume Three comes out soon. So both of those are gonna I'm going to ingest quickly. I just started reading Lazarus from the beginning again last night. Yeah, because I, I have a feeling it's, it's really fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I was convinced that I was actually missing just one issue of mm-hmm. it, so that's why I wasn't reading it. Mm-hmm. And then I I've been doing like a mass purge and collect mm-hmm. of all of my stuff, and um, I found everything. Oh, cool! And I was just like, yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm going to sit down and start that. All right. On your recommendation on Manifest Destiny for Christmas, a friend of mine, uh, kids in high school, mm. big history fan, just okay. getting into comics, seems like it's the perfect, perfect yeah. it's perfect intersection of those yeah. two things. Because uh, it really tickles that. If you if you know anything about like the, Lo- the Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. expedition, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and just real quick, this tomorrow, today, Wednesday, um, the trade for Harrow County mm-hmm. comes out, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Anybody has extra money, or even if you're a little bit interested, that is one of the best books of the year for yeah. sure. It's, it's an awesome book. I pre-ordered it already, so nice. Need for to get in that. I'm excited. My mailboxes. Uh, all right. So, books of the week. Steve, I'll go. You are first. up. You are up first. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. Here's the deal. We were talking about this. Was it last week? Uh, we mentioned it? last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was last week. All right. Well, we were, um, Stephanie had mentioned No Brow Press, and all around the table here, we were all like, Oh, oh it's definitely two weeks ago. It was two because weeks because Stephanie ago. wasn't on the first part of the show last week. That's right. Yeah. This is true. This is true. I can vouch for this. I wasn't here. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, long time, long, long time listener uh, of the podcast uh, reached out to me online and said, you know, I want to send the group a copy of my book. And I said, sure. And it's funny because I I got this in the mail, not really remembering what it was or, or, or you know, not who did it, because I, I know Jamie, but um, I've seen this at conventions, like all the time. And I don't know if he was there or not there or whatever, but it was on a table and I'm like, oh yeah, that's his thing. I should do it. Anyway, long story short, he sent it to me. I read it. And it is my favorite book of the week that I read. Um, now, for those wondering, I did. I talked to Jamie last night. He says that this is loosely autobiographical. Loosely, loosely. He did attend uh, art school, and and there are, you know, glimpses into into his experience uh, going through art school and kind of uh, the people and and attitudes that he ran into. Uh, while in university and and doing what he did um but he is not the main character it's uh it is just a guy and um so dan is going through uh art school you go through through pretty much his entire experience and it's a difficult book to read at times in that the the main character everybody at this school is in some way unlikable and mm. so you're reading this this book about this guy who's going to art school with all of these like pretentious people and all of these people with these wild ideas about art that it doesn't really seem like art at all. You kind of start to wonder where like if you just, you know, you peel half of a banana and you stick it inside <laughs> of a of a car engine and throw pig's blood on it and then put it on a on a stool and throw it into a, a museum art show. Like is that really art? Maybe. But like the commentary about stuff like that and just the weird, the weird words that people use to to describe art sometimes. And I didn't go to art school, so I don't know. But it's really funny because there are there are definitely um, the book overall is very good. But there for me, there were highlights to it. 
uh, there's kind of a section in the book where the character is going through all the different personalities and people that he runs into in the school. And it's a complete and total breakdown of these social groups. You've got the retro punk student, the hip hop <laughs> stoner student, the hipster student, the emo metal student, the gamer anime cosplay student, the earthly hippie student, the quiet mature student, the overly outgoing student, and so on and so forth. And I mean, there's a lot of text to this book in like the dissection of these personalities and these people. And it's an interesting situation because while you're laughing with the book and while you're you're interested in these dissections, and I can kind of like growing up in that generation, I know a lot of these people. I probably am some of these mm. people. But the whole time you're like, well, if if we're kind of mocking these people for the way that they see art, the way that they see the world and the way they behave and dress and the music they listen to and stuff. We, wh who, what do we think about the person that has this perspective about these people? Like you're kind of a miserable piece of shit too. Uh, he's later in the book, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's a really interesting, like kind of social dissection of what you would run into uh, if you were going to an art uh, university and, kind of the trials and tribulations of, of trying to meet new people and being an introvert and, and trying to, you know, survive in this kind of, you know, social jungle filled with all of these outrageous personalities and people. And it's a really, really awesome ride. And then I got to this one page. I just want to focus on this for a second. Uh, it's, uh, sections of the book are labeled kind of in like chapter names as you're going through the book. And there's this one double page spread called descent, which is essentially the main character has hit uh, like a lull. Like he, he went off to university and things were really wild and crazy. And then he goes back home to go and visit like his old friends and, and see his mom and everything. And everything back home is like quiet and, you know, everybody's kind of doing their small town stuff mm -hmm. And he, because he's an introvert, he's able to relax and things feel familiar. And um, believe it or not, Bobby, there's there's stuff in this, just these two pages, that throughout the years you and I have had conversations oh, really? about stuff that a lot of <laughs> stuff that you had said or that we like agreed mm -hmm. upon or discussed is in this little mm -hmm. kind of spiral, downward spiral of, of him getting into this lull and just picking apart the difference between what it feels like to have like you know, the days of yore and live within a, a, a mentality of nostalgia and let your your actions be governed by that stuff and having to, you know, not live in the past, but make, you know, live in the now and, and make things out of what you have now instead of trying to rekindle old friendships and old relationships. And they they can't always be what what they were because people change and situations change and it gets like really introspective and really crazy into that stuff just in these two pages. And I, I fell in love with, with the book, even for, for a, a bunch of things, but for this, these two pages, I thought I, I really identified with them a lot. Uh, the art, everything here is by Jamie colors, art, writing, the art's really fun. Uh, it's got kind of like a, like a, I don't even know if you would say a hard indie comic. What's that comic with the the guys working in the uh, the comic book store? They kind of take Knights it over. of the dinner table. No. no. Um, oh, the like M Eltringham something. <laughs> what the hell? I know exactly what you're talking right? about. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember right now. I can't remember the name of it either. Mm, me either. <laughs> the art's both involved, but also it has sort of an underground comics vibe. Yes. 
Yes. Um, it's also very, um, the color, the coloring of it is, is spectacular. It's almost got a Lee Lowridge vibe to it where you're using, you know, the same pulling from the same area of color to convey like emotion and mood and things like that. And, and just using the colors that correspond with the emotions of the characters and stuff like that. It's kind of a, almost like a, an exercise in, uh, psychedelica for, for yeah. colors and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I was I was really happy to receive it. And uh, you know, sometimes you don't know how those things are going to go. You hope that when when a you know, especially somebody you're friendly with sends you something, you crossing your fingers yeah. and you're like, oh man, you better be I, good. Yeah, like, you better be good. Is I better find something you know positive to say about it. But especially I'm going to talk about it on the show. But uh, with no massaging from Jamie, I can uh, I can tell you honestly, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if you're listening, thank you very much, man, for sending it. And uh, I'm going to pass it around to, uh, to uh, the table. And uh, yeah, I, it's called Art School. It's from No Brow, no Brow Press. And uh, you can find Jamie Co. online. He's on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, pick yourself up a copy. It's, it's definitely an exercise in uh, kind of going back to college days and... and remembering who you were and and the way that you looked at people like when i think about those days then and and how i feel about just the world in general now completely different person mm. and oh, this yeah. this focuses on that a lot um i don't know how much growth there is from the main character but like i said it's it's more of a dissection of of social norms within the university art school setting mm. and it's very funny cool awesome yeah Art schooled, yeah. Art schooled. Jamie Co. No brow press. Nice, Bob. Yowza. Lay it on us. Okay. Uh, for me this week, the number one book is a number one book. It's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, written by Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair, with art by Natasha Bustos, colors by Tamra Bonvillon, and letters by Travis <laughs> Lanham. Oh, come on, that was no. That was I good. like it. I like it when we throw in the that accents. Was close. You know, Jean Francois Bellieu. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good as the Fantastic Four accent I did. But no, well, Stephanie does close. the best French accent. Yeah. Well, she does like a legitimately good one. That's the. <laughs> she actually knows how to pronounce the words. <laughs> no, no, no. The earth is moving beneath my feet. Baguette. Oui, oui, baguette. Bibliothèque. Pamplemousse. <laughs> so devil dinosaur uh, yeah devil dinosaur now i've got baguette in my head anyway it is a delightful and clever update of a very old jack kirby sort of classic it only ran nine issues back in 1970 but then it was moon boy and he does make his way here we, we do get to see him what you have here is an engaging lead character lunella lafayette and she's a very smart young lady who's struggling in school simply because she's just too smart and she's not understood by her classmates who don't under, don't know about her gifts or that she's doing special projects on the side. For instance, she's working on a creed detector, which leads into a line of dialogue that may have down the road could be a mystery because she's looking at a newspaper with Terrigen Mist headlines. And, you know, it, it is the new Marvel universe and this is all broken out here. And... As she's searching, she you know she's a she has a, a good home life, not as good as she'd like it to be. Her parents are concerned. She's, well, what'd you learn in school today? Nothing. 
I can't learn anything in this school. Well, you know, you maybe should show up on time and do all these things. And she finally just runs out of the house and goes with her little Creed detector and discovers some crazy piece of alien technology that actually leads us back into the olden days. Depending on whose origin of Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur you want to, it's our past or it's some alternate dinosaur world. It's also it's been it's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think even in Next Wave where they used him, it was completely mm. utterly different than mm-hmm. where he is here. And it's the killer folk and the small folk, the, the two tribes from back then, the killer folk are the people who got devil all red trying to burn him, her. <laughs> and there's a war going on then, and this device actually fixes things. I'll, it's, I'll spoil it. Brings devil dinosaur, he's right on the cover, so, mm-hmm. into our present. Now, what you have is a charming story with amazing art. Uh, it is beautifully colored. It is laid out in an imaginative way. It is fun for literally all ages, despite the fact that on the cover it is rated T. Hmm. Uh, this morning, I did reach out to Brandon Montclair to see what was the deal with that. And it's sort of, no, you don't have to worry about the tone of this book. There's a tiny bit of peril, but there's no foul language. There's no real violence. This is a great all ages book that you can share as an adult with with a, with a boy or a, a young girl. Again, great lead character. Tons of really good things going on here. Uh, I, I spoke to Amy and Brandon at the New York Comic Con all about Jack Kirby and his legacy. It ties into that, into Marvel history of all sorts here. I really enjoyed the heck out of this. I think that this is going to be a lovely build-up towards some really nice stuff moving forward. It's light and entertaining, but there's still consequence. There's still a character with agency, and it's fun. And comics could be fun every once in a while, and this is certainly that. So I'm I'm all in. I'm going to be there for next issue, too. How about everybody else? Anybody else take a shot? At- I read this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was so fun. It reminded me of, like, Princeless and stuff and, mm-hmm. like, of um, Molly Danger. Yes. It was a lot of fun. I loved the art. I loved the story. And the lead girl is just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the artist? Natasha Bustos. Bustos. Uh, Steve, before we were, when we were on the show, we started recording, you were not as enthused. I wasn't. You liked it. I did. So what is it about that, that, what do you like about it? What is it that kind of holding you back a little bit, you think? Here's the thing. Here's, and, and everybody knows this about me. When people start talking stuff Don't be up, swayed by the, don't be swayed <laughs> by the group, Steve. I could be swayed. I'm swayed <laughs> all the time. I'm swayed practically every damn podcast because you, you people are so good at what you do. Yeah. Um, here's here's what I do. What I do really like about it. Um, I love that we have a young woman of color in the the lead. Uh, particularly, one of the things that I really did like about it and connected with. There's a scene in. Um, she's actually in school, and like Bob said, she is smarter than her students. Perhaps she should be in the accelerated classes, and she's not. Um, she perhaps the Future Foundation. Yeah, I was going to say perhaps she yeah. should be going to the Future Foundation. There's this one panel. She's wearing a, a shirt that says Moon on it, and somebody gives her the name of Moon Girl mockingly. And she is kind Isn't of. Isn't her name Lunella? Yes. Yep. Which, like, literally translates to Moon Girl. Her name is fantastic, yeah. also. Because Lunella, Luna is Moon, and L is she. Thank you, in Stephanie. French. Yes. In French. Some etymology for you yes. on the talking <laughs> Sorry. Jokes, but no, it's literally Moon Girl. Yeah, yes. 
but it's the thing is is like the delivery and his tone is is mocking and there's I this... doubt that I doubt the kids in this in this class know the French derivation of her name. <laughs> Can I get this out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's this panel. Nope, we're just gonna interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a. Uh, I didn't get to read it yet, but there's. A, I I favored it for later. But you're interrupting was, yourself now. This all this all comes back to the <laughs> this one damn Give panel. Give a shot. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so she's sitting there at her desk and she's holding her forehead. She's got her eyes shut and she's trying to shut out everybody. And she's saying to herself, "But that's not funny. It wasn't even funny. Still, sometimes I hate school." For younger readers, I think a lot of them can mm-hmm. can connect with that. Um, I've been doing I've been doing my my uh, animation best of the year list for for Joe Blow and kind of one of the themes um, that I'm finding in some of my top picks for movies is that both movies like The Peanuts and um, Inside Out the be- in my opinion the two best movies not to bury the the article but <laughs> the two best animated films of the year both deal with interpersonal things with children they're not about you know dragons and fantasy and princesses and stuff they deal with real problems. And it's nice and it's a breath of fresh air to see a Marvel book coming out that is fanciful in ways of just like the situation that of a dinosaur coming into her city and and there's going to, you know, some kind of blossoming relationship between them. But um, it's nice to have a smart book for kids on the shelves. I just my hope for this is that it actually gets read and it gets into the right hands because I mean, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I just I don't I don't see people everyday people getting into this like they would with like Squirrel Girl or something like that. I think mm-hmm. this is a very specific all ages kind of Marvel book. And I, I just hope that steps are taken to market it that way. Well, that's why I want to make sure I mentioned the fact that it may be rated teen. If you're a parent in the store and you see that, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It is completely appropriate for everybody and what you're talking about a couple of pages after that you know that's not even funny uh lunella's wandering around with her creed detector my brain is all the superpower i need yeah i mean i was just cool stuff you know i wasn't obviously i was not as smart as lunella's character but i mean i think we all maybe at some point have dealt with you know ridicule and and schooling Mm -hmm. and stuff like that i know i did yeah yes you know and uh I know. I identified with that a lot. And I think it's one of those, you know, rare and important releases from Marvel that uh, if you have kids, if you're you're a, a parent who's a comic reader and you have young ones, you might want to, if you miss this one, you might want to pick it up and try it out on them. Yeah. See what happens. All right. Cool. Yeah. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number one from Marvel Comics. Stephanie, what do you got for us? Hi. 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 I have got something called... Are you making this up as you go along? <laughs> no, no, guys, just trying to bring it up here. Lamp um, bed. <laughs> shut up, everyone. This is my time. <laughs> um, um. So, all right. Immolation. That's it. I'm done. Okay. Uh, Another random. You're going to talk okay, about the so process. <laughs> it's a little zine. Okay. Um, that I got at a convention, uh, and it's by Zachary Clement, uh, with art by Ricardo Lopez. R- sorry, Ricardo Lopez Ortez, with letters and title by Ariel Sutar. 
So this was part of the 1001 Nights anthology, but um, Zachary Clement decided to publish it for conventions as well in this short um, 12-page vignette, as he calls it. Um, It's the first in a series, but it has this character that's basically what appears to be like she's fighting the man. (laughs) Um, There appears to be... um, a force or an army that is invading her home and threatening um, her life and her people. Um, And as such, she uses the power of um, this sword to basically smite down the patriarchy. Not really, but she's, she smites down the big metal ship. Mm. Um, Sorry, spoilers. (laughs) Um, but it's a really simple story and, um, it was part of an anthology. So it's kind of self-contained in this, um, initial, uh, bit, um, but it's meant to carry on and I don't know when there's more of it coming out, but the art in this is freaking amazing like i just want to stare at this all day i brought it to work with me and it's 12 pages and i seriously like spent like 30 minutes on my lunch just like leafing through it after i read it and being like wow it's so pretty (laughs) um she's kind of like this badass cross between medusa wonder woman and beyonce yeah (laughs) Um, minus sassy finger dances to songs that she wrote. Um, but yeah, she uses like the power of um, this very mystical looking crystal to um, bring forth vengeance. And it's just a really beautiful book. I realize I'm probably not telling this very well. <laughs> I realize that. You were going good that. with smiting. I, I, I do say. like that word. Stephanie, I just want to show smite more. Can you? It, it's in that you said that an anthology, right? The mm-hmm. Thousand and One Nights. A thousand and One Nights. Yep. Uh, is that the only place it's available? No, I actually have the individual comic itself. And it, was it just was it only special at conventions or anything like that, or is it something that you can buy I'm elsewhere? I'm pretty sure you can buy it online. Okay. So Zachary Clement can be found on the Twitters at Clement C L E M E N T E Works. Um, that's his username there. And I'm pretty sure he has comics. I'm not sure if he has a shop or anything, but I feel like he has extras lying about that he would be willing to sell because most freelancers want to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, oh, I have to sneeze, you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> I muted the mic. All right. <laughs> that was quick. I feel better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's it's hard to describe. Like, okay, Steve. Yes. Fourth Planet. Yes. I sold you on that book. You did. I was like, Steve, you don't even need to read this. I know you'll love it. Just look at the art. You're going to love this. No, you just took my hand and brought me over to the table <laughs> and you were like, yeah. here, buy this. And you loved it, right? Oh, it was great. I actually had somebody uh, tweet me the other day asking uh, about the, the title and I pointed them in uh, their direction. Yeah. So- this is like the same sort of vibe I get from it. Like it's not the same theme or anything. I'm not like it's, but in that sense that I can't quite describe what happens, but if you look it up and pick it up, 
you'll get it. It's like, yeah, you'll it, be like, whoa, this is amazing. Well, Fourth Planet was one of those things where you were like, hey, you know, like come and check out my my friend's thing, and it's cool, and it's like, oh, okay, and then you open it up, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know that. I mean, that book in particular um, was very Mass Effecty in yeah. its in its presentation, and just really like even within the short period of time that you spend with it it gets a lot of the groundwork laid so that you get a really good sen- sense of what the world is like. Yeah, and that's like an ongoing webcomic still going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the third volume come out this past summer. Sweet. Uh, but like, I for anyone who's trusted me on like things like The Fourth Planet and other sort of things, I realize I'm a rambly human. I know this. <laughs> um, but just check out the art. Um Zachary Clement has the cover up on his website, clementworks.com. And you can see what I mean by like Wonder Woman meets Beyonce meets Medusa. Like Medusa, like Greek mythology, not Medusa, like in humans. <laughs> um, it's just a really beautiful book. And I really want more of it. I want this to be more than 12 pages. I want the whole story and I want it now. All right. Then. All right. Mm hmm. So you should check it out and you should be like, whoa, guys, this book is great. And then they'll be forced to be like, oh, my God, we need to write more of this like ASAP. (laughs) People are like wanting this. So help me out, guys. There you go. Immolation, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. All right. Immolation. This is really a selfish book of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I just really want everyone to check it out so that he's like, wow, there's a lot of traffic on my site all of a sudden. And like, huh. All of these people want more. Want more. Interesting tone of voice for them to have. All right. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've counted very eight different voices so far yeah. this, this podcast. <sighs> Wait. Bip, bip. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so uh, my uh, my book of the week this week is I uh, picked up um, Darth Vader Volume 1, uh, storyline is called vader it's from kieran gillen uh and salvador laraca with uh colors by edgar delgado um and vc's joe carmanga carmanga is is the letterer so um one of these other books much in well exactly the opposite of giant days but in in the same feeling and vein in that uh i i kind of read the first issue of a bunch of the star wars books and quickly realized that my sort of i guess i would say licensed comic uh bias or uh, aversion kind of took over which mm. is like i in theory i don't mind them and i think obviously there's a lot of great ones but when it's something in from another media translated i just don't cl- cling on to it as much as I do in that other media, Star Wars, whatever it might be, all all the books that come out, I just I, for some reason they just don't uh, grab me. And Star Wars is especially difficult because most of these books obviously take place in this in between between Episode One and um, Episode Four and Episode Five, and the middle stories also don't really uh, get me going because I, I know what's going to happen eventually so sort of it's just like filling in the pieces in the middle and that's just not a super interesting thing to me um i have a feeling that might change once episode seven comes out and sort of the back half of the canon becomes open again and more you know to be able to pursue uh but here obviously we're dealing with uh inside the the original trilogy and this book especially 
being about Darth Vader. And I think we've talked about this back when it premiered and stuff like that. You know, knowing more about Darth Vader is not the thing that gets me excited about that character. It doesn't make him more interesting or scary to me. It often just makes him less interesting and less scary to me. Uh, See episodes one through three uh, for the most part. But so having comic based on Darth Vader, it's, it's generally problematic for me because you're dealing with a lot of, he cannot remain sort of ultimate, you know, badass. If you're dealing with him, yeah, because there's going to be, because just the way stories are told, if he's the main character, there has to be ups and downs, there has to be foibles, there has to be insecurities, there has to be all this kind of stuff, and that feels to me more like, you know, Anakin Darth Vader than than, than Darth Vader. Yeah. So, that all that stuff is stacked against it for me, but I heard very, very good things about the Darth Vader series in particular, so I wanted to check it out. I love Kieran Gillen, obviously, so I wanted to see what that was all about. Now, apparently, this and the main Star Wars series are very much tied together, much like all new X-Men and, and Uncanny X-Men when Brian oh. Bennis was doing that stuff, so there's like, you know, it's not everything, but at points they kind of weave back together Connective and, tissue. and connect yep. together. Uh, I know this because I talked to Mara after I read the oh, uh, read Darth wow, Vader to tell her what I thought of it, and she was like, oh, that's related to their book, and you really get a lot out of both. But I just read this, and I will say, first of all, that not knowing that, uh, this was perfectly readable on its own. So I didn't feel like I was, you know, it wasn't like, oh, Darth Vader went off to do this, and then the next issue, he had already done that thing because it happened in another issue. That stuff didn't happen. So I was, or if it did happen, I didn't know it was happening. So I'll say as its own series, it, 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 it's good to read. And uh, Gillen does a smart thing where he brings in uh, a couple of characters to sort of be more of the chatty sort of, you know, I guess heart is a bad word for the story because they're all bad guys. Uh, but but more characters in the story to take it so it's not constantly Vader talking and 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 doing all this stuff that characters would have to do to sort of push along the storylines. It, it it really kind of feels that was sort of like a bad. She's sort of like I don't know if she she's like a cross between a like a bad Luke Skywalker and a bad Han Solo. Like she's she's like a smuggler and and, and sort of but it's also sort of like an inventor and and, and she kind of helps him on his his mission and there's also sort of a bad versions of r2d2 and c3c3po uh a really bad version of c3po <laughs> like i torture people to death wow. like c- character um and i forgot what his his name is but it's a set of letters and numbers let's just let's just say <laughs> and so there's that stuff and then the whole basis is that after the death star gets destroyed uh the emperor blames darth vader for it so he kind of gets demoted in the in the ranks on, on his own ship. He's kind of now um, serving like a like a high general of, of the empire, and there seems to be some sort of unease about um, you know there might be some like replacements being groomed by the emperor for, for Darth Vader, and he goes out to try to a find those and a all and b try to track down Luke, even though he doesn't know. It's Luke yet. He just knows that's a pilot that seemed to have a force sensitivity, uh, like just like at the end of New Hope when yeah. he blows up the, the, the in, in the trench run. So the, the sort of journey of the character to sort of undermine the Emperor and sort of find out what's going on, I, I thought was, was interesting. Um, it's got gorgeous art. 
and some really nice action sequences and some stuff that sort of calls back very nicely imagery wise sort of like the ralph McQuarrie sort of um concept art for star wars sort of those sort of images and stuff like that built in here um i really enjoyed it my reservations about following the character still stand i still think that when you get to in the you get in sort of in the weeds not in the weeds but in into detail about he's talking to, to someone he you know he has sort of insecurities or 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 you know insecurities about his place in the empire and all that kind of stuff yeah. and it makes sense for the, the story that yeah. they're telling but for me it's not the story i kind of necessarily need to see with Darth Vader. You don't want to see cracks in that facade. Not until you get the main crack at the end, right? I mean, I guess this is supposed to show you, like, the other side where he always sort of, why he is redeemable, I guess, in in, in the end. Which I totally get, but for me, it's not really something I I necessarily need to see in in a series. Uh, That said, I I read the six issues very fast, and I I enjoyed... everything that was there i especially loved those sort of three other characters i mentioned i thought they were really good additions to it um you know it made me interested to see how it ties into the other series but i also kind of don't want to spend like the like however many dollars it would take for me to buy all those books to, to sort of get the second half of the story um the uh the second trade for the Vader series should be coming out soon. So I'll pick that up and I'll read it. Cause I did enjoy this first one. Uh, it's just, you know, we're getting, it's been that we're getting very close now. We're like two weeks away from, from, from the force awakens. So I'm very much in like star Wars full on mode at this point. And I wanted to read something. I wanted to get more of that universe without sort of reaching into spoilers for whatever's sure. coming up. So this was an effort to do that. And I enjoyed it. Uh, and I think that people don't have the same reservations I do about wanting to hear a story in, in that vein. I think they'll they'll op- unabashedly love it. But for me, I'm still like, eh, when he sort of looks weak, it's not really like I'm not like, oh wow, Darth Vader looks weak. That's so interesting. I'm like, I don't really want to see that. I want to. I that's not really what I want to see. I want him to be like, just ultimate. The, he's the ultimate bad guy. You know, yeah. he's the ultimate like this like unstoppable force uh, is looming at the end of this story and obviously that that changes that now again it's all been it's all been undercut by showing him as a kid and him as a young man all this kind of stuff anyway but still it it, it it's not the kind of story exactly i want to see plus they also they also have a callback like a flashback to um the no moment <laughs> in it. so that's the moment i always want to forget so yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know, Steve, did you read any of this? No, I wanted to. Okay. I wanted to. That was actually the, like, the one Star Wars thing that mm. I really did want to read. I did read um, the Princess Leia mm-hmm. one about uh, three weeks ago when I was away. I picked up the trade, and uh, it, re- it read much better mm. as a trade. Um, I still... like My, my thing, my thing with, with Star Wars, I like the characters. I like the... The world. The only thing, the only aspect of Star Wars I think that's kept me from really truly embracing it is that a lot of it is steeped in politics. Uh, at least I've found this Princess Leia one very much so. Uh, aside from it being a um, kind of like a buddy book of of Princess Leia and this other uh, fighter pilot teaming up to to kind of 
make a difference for the rebels and not just sit idly by and, and be a target and stuff like that. I liked the themes of that. I like to kind of take charge of your own destiny. And the the Dodson's art was absolutely just beautiful. Um, but no, the, the Darth Vader book actually interested me quite a bit. I remember Rob was, uh, our friend Rob was talking about it when it first came out. And I've seen people post like individual panels of it that are just hilarious so uh what was rob had like a, a tagline for that like vamp uh darth vader the book where you get to see vader be a total dick he is definitely a dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's definitely a dick at, um, at times i read it it's I'm, cool i'm getting into you know star wars mode uh as well i mean we're 17 days away mm-hmm. from it and uh man it's uh, it's about to start all over again yeah. is there another movie next year no I think Rogue One is the year after. Okay. I think. I could be wrong. Uh, but I thought Rogue One was 2017. Mm. That's that's what I thought. Uh, Harrison Ford has seen the movie. He came yeah. forward saying it was wonderful. It's wonderful. I saw the, the two-line quote that they, every, every single website in the world published. <laughs> oh, everybody was so excited. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was right along the side of the Damien Lindelof admits that n- keeping Khan a secret was a mistake. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, who cares anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a silly thing to talk about at this point. It's cool though. It, uh, Kieran Gillen writing uh, interests me immediately, and it has a, like his in- eccentricities in there. Okay, especially with those three characters I mentioned. They, it definitely he kind of feeds those characters with the the Gillenisms more than. I'd be into stuff. an evil C three PO. He's cool. <laughs> he's always such a nerd. Yeah, this guy's a nerd, but he's like, and then I'll kill you. His yeah, like, he's like, he's kind of what. That was one thing I forgot to mention that was pretty funny about uh, Venom Space Knight. Uh, during his his uh, adventure, he runs into a robot that the the person that the robot that like programmed him that he belonged to made him do like terrible things to people that never hurt him. He's got a consciousness, mm-hmm. and the entire time that he's with uh, Venom, he just wants him to kill him. Mm-hmm. He's like, unplug me, deprogram <laughs> me, do whatever you got to do. And kind of the hook of it is that he's going to get him to do his bidding. With the the end result being that eventually I'll kill you mm-hmm. if you know if that's really what you want. Um, but it's hysterical, much like the uh, the inspiration bubble from that Captera book mm-hmm. that Chip Zdarsky had coming out, or has coming out, I should say. <laughs> um, I'm surprised we haven't had a trade for that yet. I think it's out, the first volume's out, I think. I don't think oh. so. I thought I it was. I think so. They're only on, like, issue four. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's there, why we haven't had a first volume yet, because we are not enough issues <laughs> for it yet. Uh, all right. Shared book of the week time. Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. Yeah. Oh, um, I lied. Captara Volume 1's out on December 23rd. Okay. Just in well, time for Christmas. Well, yeah, we didn't, you didn't lie because the, the volume isn't out yet. Okay. <laughs> lying, lying is a harsh... It's the cheapest trade yet at $9.98. That's chip cheap. <laughs> That's what it says. I'm not just making I'm, that I, 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 I don't. I don't doubt it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So... Um, so this is Dark Knight Three: The Master Race, uh, number issue number one, uh, written by Brian Azzarello and Frank. Might Miller. be number three, but it's number one at worst title ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read the credits w- eventually. Uh, Brian Azzarello <laughs> and Frank Miller writing it. Uh, pencils Andy Kubert and Frank Miller. Inks Klaus Jansen. Colored by Brad Anderson and Alex Sinclair. Um, so we we talked, you know, 
a lot around the, around the first announcement. Um, and then it's been kind of silent leading up in, in, until this point. Uh, but we, the first issue is out and it's obviously the third part in Frank Miller's Dark Knight series, uh, which obviously has the extremely lauded uh, The Dark Knight Returns, the very much not lauded <laughs> Dark Knight Strikes Again, and now we have uh, part three, The Master Race. Um, you know, v- notable in the fact that it's the first one that Miller isn't doing pretty much all himself. The other books he wrote and drew, uh, this obviously he's co-writing and uh, I guess co-drawing, but he, he's he only draws sort of the backup story in this. Andy Kubert takes the brunt of the of the pencils for, for the most of the book. Um, so I'm interesting to Bob because I know you've read Dark Knight Tricks again, right? Mm-hmm. So I haven't read it, so I don't know if anything in this book sort of leaps off of anything that happens in that book. Um, but what, what we have here is basically much much like. Um, much like the dark, the first Dark Knight Returns, uh, Batman's back for the, uh, what seems like the first time in, in a few years. Um, obviously, in that first book, we see the journey of Batman going from uh, I'm this retired Bruce Wayne to I need to get back in, in, into the cowl. Um, here, we obviously have um, just Batman appearing and it seems like he's assaulting the people who you wouldn't think that, that he would assault. He he. he beats up some cops at, at the beginning and we're told that by a, a, a couple of what seem like they seem like criminals i mean oh i think they're the mutant gang from that's what they the are right because they're, they're they talking the, right they that were way. the disciples of the bat yeah yeah so um so that's how the book starts but what's very interesting about this is that it does not it is not following batman as our main character um it's following superman and lois's daughter um that's that's who she is right yeah 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 um lara, lara yeah i thought she, is that that's what it yeah, seems okay. like to me that's, that's what, what I, she okay, says I, yeah I yeah that's yeah. what i would assume um she's sort of the main character uh in a, in some ways of, of this story she's the character who you're sort of going going through with um and i mean it's tough because this is the first issue and i don't want to give away everything that happens um in it but she is sort of searching for 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 something and we, we're sort of vignette between her, this uh, the Batman being back and, and doing the, uh, Batman things, and we have a, a, a kind of big scene in the middle with Wonder Woman. Um, uh, you know, all three kind of things happening. Um, and that's what it is. I mean, I don't want to give it too much away. Right. Plus a backup story that sort of goes into a whole nother storyline, which I'm figuring is going to be sort of part of the... The spinoff the books, series, the extra right. series stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that pretty much we, I think we all went into this uh, very skeptical of, of what it was going to be uh, from the kind of public persona of, of, of Frank Miller to sort of the art that had been released mm-hmm. over the time building up to it. Uh, and, and so I, we, I wanted to see kind of what we all thought of it. Bob, we'll start with you. What were your opinions of Dark Knight 3? I came into it with really low expectations, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because, uh, just as Stephanie said, the title right away could put you off. Yes. It's like, okay, we've heard a lot of what Mr. Miller's had to mm-hmm. say over the last few years. And... I feel like maybe we should also preface this by saying not currently affiliated with Hitler. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, we should say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we have here is the rantings at a minimum, mm-hmm. uh, obvious parallels with a lot of current events, mm-hmm. but the book to me... I wasn't really sure of the book's point of view, mm-hmm. which is the point, mm-hmm. I guess, that we should try to come to something on ourselves. 
at some level, it was almost, and it's probably Mr. Azarello's influence, it's as if it's anti-Miller or it's the Frank Miller of Earth 2 or something. <laughs> it, it's we're, we're pulling backwards. Mm-hmm. And some of the art we saw early looked pretty heinous. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what I think you have here is Andy Kubert channeling the best of Miller Jansen from that period mm-hmm. and the Daredevil work they did before. Lots of, I don't want to spoil too much, there's some interesting vets. I really th- thought Lara was Wonder Woman and Superman. It could be that daughter. too, uh, thinking about that. Because yeah. they do mention her daughter when she's fighting around. That's true. Yeah, it could very well be. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm sorry. That's what I. What yeah, I it could very well be. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, you're probably actually right about that. But uh, I think she, you know, she is our entry into this story. Yes. She's got a, a great line where she, she flies to the Fortress of Solitude and it is all deserted. Yes. It's frozen over. And sitting mm. on a throne is Superman encased in ice. Yeah. He's retreated away. In the same way Batman did mm-hmm. the first time it gone away, yeah. and maybe has here, he's there. And, and her line is, why did you let the ants knock you from it's the a great sky? Line. It's a great line. I don't know who came up with that, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's a real killer. That, fe- uh, that feels like a Miller line. That, yeah. that feels like a, that's a very yeah. Miller line. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, it's too soon to tell. We're one issue into this. Hard to say, will this be as impactful as this first one in mm-hmm. comic book mm-hmm. history? We're we're a long way out from that. It's a yeah. different world mm-hmm. as then. But it was a really solid piece of entertainment. Mm-hmm. I thought the characters were handled with care as opposed to the second one, which was awful, mm-hmm. f- frankly. I, people, I'm sure, liked it. For yeah. me, it was terrible. I'm really intrigued. It was slight in terms of what story actually happens. Mm-hmm. S- some setup. Yeah. Some introductions. But just enough, mm-hmm. just enough that I want to see where we're going, at least one more. And I'm stunned I'm saying this because I really thought I was going to come in and dump all over this and go, <laughs> bleh, terrible, don't read this book. And no, I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Steve, what about you? Uh, just to point out, they do they do say at one point uh, to Wonder Woman, your daughter, she's gone. And she says, again, Laura. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, yeah, okay. And judging on her outfit, I think we could. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm kind of in the same uh, boat as Bob in that I, I sat down to read this. I haven't read the second one. Mm-hmm. I've read the first one a few times, and um, I sat down to read it, not knowing what to expect, what kind of uh, tone it would be. Um, I mean, for all of the things that people say about Frank Miller, to be perfectly honest, I don't pay a lot of attention. To that stuff, I don't know a lot of the arguments against him. I just, I don't know if I tune it out. I don't care. He's um, just been yeah. said a lot of hateful, you know, bigot, yeah. bigoted stuff uh, over the years. That, okay. You know, and, you know, if you read The First Dark Knight, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, I don't even know the right... F- almost fascist type like rhetoric in it you know and uh that might be a little extreme of a word but it but Mm. it's in in that tone and it seems like that's sort of his personality in life or at least his public facing persona i don't know what he's like personally the people who know him but so that's i think that's what's turned people off very much so but if you haven't heard that stuff i mean that's not the goings on of a comic book creator are are not necessarily the most important things in the world no i mean here's the thing i mean you can you can get a sense of that you know and a lot of and people that i respect Mm. too where they've they've come down hard on him in conversations Mm -hmm. that we've had but i've had no real like position or stance on it where i'm kind of just listening and be like all right well this guy doesn't really sound like too great but Mm. i know that he's supposed to be a legend Mm -hmm. and but sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes yeah they have feet of clay Mm -hmm. so 
you know, I went into this and I'm like, all right, you know, let's see what you got, and blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And I, I really, I ended up really enjoying it. I like a lot of the kind of the story set up and, and the beats that they're, that they're building here. I think the, I'm not going to spoil anything, the Batman thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, Batman's a little different mm-hmm. this time out. Uh, I love stories that kind of jump ahead in time and show you where heroes are at like 20, 30 years later. I always find that to be interesting. Episodes of shows where something happens and they go back to when they were kids Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's X amount of years in the future and you get to see like old man Batman Mm -hmm. and he's still wearing the the costume and but, you know, his joints aren't as oiled as they used (laughs) to be. And, you know, maybe he should hang it up and stuff like that. Um, But I mean, the Batman is in a very interesting position at the start of this book that is not very Batman. And, you know, I'm like, well, why? And then there's stuff going on with Superman that, again, I'm like, well, why? Mm -hmm. And I thought the Wonder Woman stuff, I saw art for Wonder Woman. It looked like something between, and I, I love this artist, but Sam Keith, it looked like a, like a, a Sam Keith like painting where somebody had taken either side of the canvas and just pulled on it and stretched it and kind of skewed Mm -hmm. it a little bit like her butt was huge and it was just weird looking it wasn't bad it was just it was strange and i'm like is the whole book gonna look like this it's really dark it's very inky Mm -hmm. and it just it's not my kind of like spatter spatter paint artwork kind of thing and then this comes out it's very slick looking. Um, I think the uh, the Amazonian island looks great. Yeah, I mean that piece of art they said that was Miller. Yeah, this is this is Cuber. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I didn't know like because it's a collaboration. Yeah, I, I know. know I know. It it's tough to know. Like you know, we're yeah. gonna go. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have both artists collaborating, and it's gonna be this you know uh, Ponderosa <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the word. Sure. Cornucopia. I mean, it's a it's a name Wonder of a Rosa. buffet place. It is. <laughs> they closed, right? Oh yeah. That's because Golden Corral is so much better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I dug it. I I like I said, I like a lot of the setup. Um, I didn't pick up on so many of the like the the newsy situations relating to today's stuff, even though I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. I, I only read it through once, but um, I would say that I left this book feeling quite intrigued about where everybody stands in it because this is so many years later and mm-hmm. even like as we were talking about it I'm flipping through the panels there's a th- there's a there's a period in this book that I didn't even put it together that we I don't want to spoil anything but like we visit a place and I didn't even didn't put together for me that that's where we are mm-hmm. and like where superman mm-hmm. finding out where he is and the condition that he's in I, I want to read the next one to maybe find out what the deal is with that because that and why why is he still that way? Mm-hmm. What is keeping these other people from changing that? Mm-hmm. You know, and all all of that stuff interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even had a little bit of a um, kind of like a Batman animated series uh, vibe to it a little bit in the um, kind of the coloring of uh, of Gotham and uh, and of uh, Metropolis, I suppose, like using lots of those like. Um, like dusks and oranges and just like I think of the the theme and him standing with the lightning yeah. coming down mm-hmm. and like the obelisks and and all that stuff and um like I said the thing the thing at the end the last the last page um the batman stuff really 
got me. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Like I wanna I wanna see more of that. And uh in a rare occurrence, I read the backup as well. Yeah. And I thought it I thought it was great. Yeah, I like I the backup too. a lot. I like the backup a lot. Uh Stephanie, what what did you think? I didn't hate it. <laughs> that's a big that's um, that's pretty big. Yeah. Okay, so this book was five ninety nine, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, it was. It was fifty five pages. Mm-hmm. Fifty five of those pages, like of those fifty five pages, like ten were look at all our other covers. <laughs> it's true. There was a lot of pictures of the covers. Um, look it. You didn't spend twenty dollars on this variant, but look, see? <laughs> and then the backup story took up half of it too. And Honestly, I didn't think the backup story was that good. Really? Um, it, I want to hear why, but I, I have a, I, I'll disagree, but I want to hear why. But like, for five ninety nine, I want the story that I paid to read. Mm-hmm. I don't want an equally long backup story. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're charging that much for a book, you damn well better be giving me what I paid for. <laughs> or I'm not spending the money on it next month. I'll wait till the trade comes out. Yeah. Because at the end of it, I'm going to have spent more than I would on a trade. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not happening. I'm not spending that much on a book that doesn't give me this, the Batman story. You're Batman. Yeah. Not the Atom. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, the story wasn't bad, but, like, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I paid for. It wasn't what... The book should have been focused on and at the end of the day for what again it comes down to we should have got more of batman yeah i i think that what you're talking about is obviously um an escalating problem i think in the comic industry in general which is the, the price of the books and as the books get higher in price i think i guess the the tolerance gets lower and lower you, you know what I mean? Um, this is it's a six dollar book, and that's a lot of, of for a book. Uh, and, and I can totally see why someone who was in there for the Batman stuff, when the half of it isn't Batman, that that can that can be uh, an issue. Um, but uh, other than the price, Stephanie, what did you think of like the the core story in in the in the first issue? I thought that it was an interesting lead up. Um, it lacked like a lot of kind of content like I felt like it kind of flitted all over the place mm-hmm. um I really liked that initial shot of Wonder Woman fighting like the Minotaur though yeah it's a good shot I thought that was such a cool <laughs> image of her um but again like it, it it wasn't focused on the story that you really should be focusing on for a first issue mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're Frank Miller or Joe Schmo from Colorado like He's a great writer. First... Yeah, one of my favorites. <laughs> He's going to be on the you... end of the year list. <laughs> you need to have something that's going to make people want to spend $5.99. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bad, but it also wasn't that compelling enough to me to want to read a second issue. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I will say I think that um, I think what was there was, was very good. I do agree, though. I feel like when I finished reading it the first time, I and you said about maybe it's intentional, but I felt like I don't know like who this story is about, you know, I, I felt a lack of um, focus or, or, or an attempt to set up, uh, you know, not, and I think they, they've talked about this in, in kind of in, in the lead up and sort of the press and, and whatever, not necessarily a, just a dark night story, but a story of like this dark night sort of 
universe that they're, that they're trying to sort of portray here where you're going to see the other heroes who in, in this it, it, the first book was so focused right on pretty much batman and then superman um with a little, little green arrow thrown in yeah. there and i again i don't know the second book i don't know i know i, I know that wonder woman those people were part it's, of that book it's right a mess. yeah it's just a mess this feels like it's attempt to bring like more characters into the fold so it's not just about Batman, and it, and it maybe in a better, stronger way, possibly as opposed to what went wrong. Right, exactly. And we don't know right. how this, this is all going to lead up to. But yeah. I also wanted to murder the first pages of that book. Like I almost threw it across the room. I was like, "Do Did people you... actually use CN instead of C? I don't think so. <laughs> this is like writing from the perspective of an old man who doesn't own a cell phone. Hey, no, hey, did you, hey, no but I, I struggle to read it too. I mean, as, as far as like, I think it's, again, we, we think we've talked about like sort of like dialects before reading dialects, yeah. but as- It was as, nonsense. It is nonsense, but if you go back and read, like Bob said, if you go back and read the, the original Dark Knight Returns, the, that nonsense is also there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the all the punks and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. what they are. They're the, yeah. the, 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 that gang or yeah, whatever. The street gangs have like that weird kind yeah. of like techno talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no. So so yeah, slice and dice. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought Andy Cooper did a great job. I think that the like you yeah. said, Bob, it does a really good job of not being. It's not typical Andy Cooper art. It's different. Um, and it but it's not a complete ape of, of Miller. Yeah. And, and Jansen, but it does evoke that style a little bit. Um, well, all I, also I think bringing in a little bit of the Mazzuchelli sort of stuff as well. A little bit of Romita Jr. A little bit of Romita Jr. But I do like that, you know, it only happens really once, but they have that kind of complicated layout with all like the TV personalities mm-hmm. talking about what's going on. And that's a huge callback, right, to the original yep. Dark Knight Returns, which there was a, there was a ton of that in, in that book. And I, I enjoyed that part, those parts of it. I did... I thought Laura was a was a good in uh, on the story. Uh, it wasn't what I expected, but like you said about that scene, that line, I think it, it, it's what stuck with me for days after I read it. This is just a great line, and I, I don't want to read it all out because I want I, I don't want to like just read pages from the book. But there's when you, we're in the Wonder Woman scene, she's sort of talking about Superman and what he was and what he represented and this idea of like you know we're, we're the light in the darkness we throw ourselves against this thing every day and then people call us threats you know but we keep doing it over and over and over again because you taught us to to do it that way and i thought that was great it was a great concept of superman because it's very interesting to me because when we in dark knight return superman is very much a you know uh not a villain, but a sort of patsy. He's a pawn of the government. He's a pawn yep. of the government. So he's not the Superman that we would come to love. He's sort of this bad eventuality of Superman where he sort of just, his sort of dedication to the American way and to the government has, has brought him into a, a bad place, um, which is obviously a, a commentary in itself. Uh, so where, why, who, where Superman now were, what happened to him after that? You know, I, I, I want to know what, what happened and why he is where he is. Um, I I think that the uh, the sort of big moment at the end, which again we're not going to spoil, I, I I think was very cool, uh, confusing from an art perspective for me for a second there. I will be totally honest, and people who have read it. I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I was like, this is really weird, and then I realized what was happening. So I'm, I, I, now that I know, I I, I I can get it. I had to look at it. Yeah, a couple a times. Bit. Right, I was like, what? Yeah, uh, but you know, the, the I I love the design. 
I've always loved the design of the Frank Miller Dark Knight. I think it's a really cool design. The sort of bulky, you know, like uh, middle-aged man version of the character I think is really cool. And the fact that you see him moving in these really fast, crazy Batman ways, but the body doesn't really match that that sort of feeling. I liked that. I like that a lot. Uh, and I, I did really like the Adam story. And that's that's Miller art. That's all Miller art. And I thought he did a great – that was not at all what the stuff we've been seeing in promo stuff kind of looked like. But he and Klaus Janssen have been a team for 30-odd yeah. years on mm-hmm. and off. There's a lot of Klaus Janssen there. Yeah. He was a really great artist in his own right yes. when he does pencil. Absolutely. So it may just be looser layouts mm-hmm. by Frank Miller and, and more Janssen, I'm guessing. But yeah. just, just in the way it looks. Yeah. And again, we don't know the split, the Azzarello sort of Miller split as far as the yeah. writing goes. Um, I don't want to give all the credit to Azzarello. I don't want to you know, give all the credit to Miller. I, I don't know where that meeting of the minds c- came together, but... I think it was nice to see the themes that they were addressing um, and, and the sort of political stuff that they were going for seemed more even handed than I expected it Absolutely. to be. Uh, and again, I want to say this too, because I, I don't, people get the wrong impression like, oh, this was good. So all my problems with Frank Miller, the person are gone. That That's not at all the, the case. I, I, I still would not like to have a conversation with Frank Miller. And I still think that, He's a person who has said some really horrible things. And if you're, we had one listener, Liberal Bastion, does this every week with us. He said, I, I'm not doing it this week, man. I can't give my money to, to that guy. Yeah. I totally understand. More, more power to you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you feel that way, more power to you. Do not support what, what he's doing if you feel that strongly about it. Um, but this is one of those things where it becomes interesting to separate the art fr- from the artist, right? And Frank Miller has done, said some shitty, shitty stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm able to separate myself from that to read something that, that, that I might enjoy. Um, and the Adam story I really liked. I thought the, the Ray Palmer stuff was great. I, I love sort of the, I love the last line. I think that was a great yeah. last line. Um, and yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think that, like I said, I think it has pacing problems. I think it has a, a point of view issue. And maybe after the, the last panel of the main, the main book, that's going to sort of, sort of be resolved. Uh, but I, I, I did find it very interesting, and, and I did enjoy it, and that's much, much more than I really ever expected to. Yeah. Yeah. Any closing, clo- closing words, Steve? You're leaning the mic in close to your mouth, so it was just... I, just, I don't feel like leaning forward. Gotcha. I'm feeling very, uh, very slothy right now. <laughs> uh, no, I thought the Adam backup was cool. It was. It's funny that the... You know, like how long we've been doing this stuff. Like, if you had handed me the Adam book a few years ago, I had no idea mm-hmm. who he is. But now, because of all of the comic book shows mm-hmm. that are on television, mm-hmm. and I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, the Adam. I'm like, that's got to be the same guy. And then I saw the name Palmer, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> Brendan, what's going on, man? You're 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 in the big dog book right now, <laughs> yeah. and um. I don't know. I put like an extra cool little spin, and his his purpose for being in the story. I th- I thought it, not only does it make a lot of sense, but I just creatively and doing something with that object and asking him to be a part of it. I thought was really cool. Like mm-hmm. this is kind of a in the panels they keep calling back to this um, this tiny aspect har har yeah, no. of of the the, the short story. And where I'm reading and I'm reading, I'm like, is nobody going to acknowledge the fact that this is there? (laughs) 
and there obviously is something of alarm is happening. <laughs> and then finally they draw attention to it. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. What's up? And then you, you find out what's happening or what's going on. And I'm like, that's, that's actually kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised. I really am. I, I didn't know what to expect. But like I said, based on kind of the general uh, animosity and, and malaise about the creator, I just I didn't know what to expect. And I did not expect for it to live up to the old series because I just I never would. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't go into stuff with that attitude. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Mm. I would I would also hope that the book is not going to be this expensive it throughout. Is. It is. It's going to be the, every issue is going to be exactly this, like thirty pages, uh, thirty one or thirty two pages of Batman, and then another you know uh, Dark Knight Universe presents mm. thing. All right. Yeah. So that's you have to make that choice. Obviously, if that if you want to keep. Yeah purchasing that book for that, that expensive or you want to wait for the trade like stephanie said that she was going to do i mean that's that's really the thing yeah yeah that will I'll, i guess i'll get to read it in you know middle of next year probably yeah if that's the case <laughs> yeah how, how long is it supposed to be six six, six issues okay yeah we'll see so it's a acceptable length for a miniseries i'll i'll say this i would definitely want to read the second issue i don't know that i want to pay six dollars makes sense for it makes sense Totally makes sense. Um, let's let's read off some uh, some listener reactions. Uh, oh, Stephanie, unless there's anything else, sorry that you wanted to say. There's all the things I want to say, Bobby. Okay, <laughs> what are, not about this. What, Carry on. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> um, so David Spear says uh, DK three. Just one word more. Um, just Drew VG, who's Music City Comics, says didn't love number one, but found it necessary to show what's been going on. Uh, looks like a more female charged Batman story, which I'm down for, so I'll keep checking it out. I was really nervous for a second that it would totally be narrated in text speak. Um, Jesse Bowden says, uh, I really loved the last page, but maybe that's because it's the only page that made sense to me. Um, <laughs> pronounced, uh, pronounced Flash, is, who's at flash but it's f-l-a-s-s-h-e um says dark knight three number one was better than i was expecting we'll probably continue to pick up the series wonder woman was awesome um so uh <laughs> uh wow okay figure i don't even know how to read this this is from bad fonts it says uh dark knight three uh better than dark knight two but Dark Knight Returns better than Dark Knight Three, so that's I think that's what okay. it's saying. Uh, figure, figure text speak balls. I think he's trying. To, I think he's making fun of like <laughs> yes. the way they talk. Cubert uh, aces. Batman sliced and diced. Totally dusted. Cheg's gone. Billy. She don't shift. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That was pretty good. Um, Cleverly confusing. Yeah. Huge tiny mistake says, yeah, no thanks. I'll try next week. So I think that means he didn't read it. Um, uh, Lan, who's at uh, Pitched Off, says, Qbert was the proper successor to the book, especially with Jansen on inks, but I'm not as hooked as I should be. Uh, Carol Cross says, decent book, held the flavor of Miller's Dark Knight universe, left me wanting more, and that's what I want with a number one of any book. Alrighty then. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. So thank you very much, everybody who, who wrote in. A little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But that's good. That's, it's good. I, I, it was exactly what I wanted, which was a good sort of conversation piece. That's what I wanted it to be. Indeed. Yeah. And honestly, it was less of a conversation than I expected it to be because no one hated it. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like I was pretty curmudgeonly. You were curmudgeonly, but you were like, it was okay. I just didn't think it was appropriately priced. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Which was very different than the, this was a stinking pile of shit that I expected at least one person to say. Not before I read it, because after I read it, I was like, I think, I I was like, this actually might not be that deep of a conversation. I was like, come on, Miller. (laughs) We were counting on you. Piss me off. Piss me off. Uh, but uh, Stephanie, it's your it's your uh, choice uh, for this week's uh, TCBOTW. Uh, did you, you do you have a choice? You did send me something that I was very 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 tempted by. Okay, but uh, and and that was Brian K. Vaughn's new Private Eye book, uh, or no Panel Syndicate panel book. book. Private Eye was the other one. And yeah. I feel like Brian K. Vaughn can maybe find people to read his books on his own. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like we don't need to facilitate that. And that's not the point of Book of the Week. But I'm much more interested in Mystery Girl, number one from Dark Horse. Okay. Right. Which is written by Paul Tobin, who oh. does Bandette. Nice. And uh, art by Alberto Albuquerque. Oh, okay. Related so, to? Mm-hmm. Okay. Trina Hampstead knows everything. Ask her a question like, where are my keys? Or is he cheating on me? Or how are there perfectly preserved mammoths in recent ice? And she just knows. She's the mystery girl. The only thing she doesn't know is, oh, sorry. The only thing she doesn't know is how she knows or anything else from the last 10 years of her life. Oh, wait. The only thing she doesn't know, I think, so she's like, doesn't know anything that's happened to her. Yeah, yeah. It's like amnesia. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I love Bandette. I know Bob Amen. does as well. Yes. And I really want to see the the cover. There's a lot of guns and knives and machetes. And there's even a grenade and a bomb being held at this girl. Um, so it kind of feels like maybe it's a different tone than Bendette. <laughs> uh, but intriguing nonetheless. So that's going to be our book of the week. Awesome. Awesome. Um so this is where know the book. Raised eyebrows. I, I almost picked it for one of my covers for this. One. Oh really? Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah so the, you know what I'm talking about. There's awesome. like a Absolutely. lot of weapons being yes. pointed at yeah. her. <laughs> uh, the name of the Brian K. Vaughn book is uh, is a Barrier. By the way, it's not a book yet. It's just like it's just like Private Eye, but it's 53 pages and it's pay what you want on Penal ah. Syndicate. Yes. Word. Yeah. So check that. And I, I believe the Private Eye collect edition is out now. Yeah, it is. Yeah comes out this week it is like 38 bucks yeah it's a pretty nice uh, looking edition of it too um awesome so we've got our book of the week for next week mm-hmm. uh and also next week uh just for we kind of talked about this off air but stephanie wasn't because she got here a little bit late so she wasn't here for this conversation um next week we're going to kind of just chat about like generally what books we're thinking about talking about for end of the year awards so just to give all of us an idea of what of what we might have to be caught up on and also um you know for you guys out there if you if you want to listen if you want to read any of that stuff as well um if you have any suggestions as well uh you know please send them in uh to us you know you can email us at podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com or uh, at talking comics on twitter uh, send us an app message um with uh you know like Let's let's say TC Awards 2015, sure, <laughs> uh, as a hashtag, so we can track them all down and get any suggestions. Because uh, uh, we should have listened to you last year and read some Stay Pun Stages stuff. Yes, right, uh, so send us some more in there. Uh, yeah, this, won't be, this won't be like definites for any of us. It's just kind of stuff that we're thinking about talking about for end of the year. Um, so these these things might not end up on our list, or they might end up bringing them up, but there's at least stuff that we can, we can kind of talk well, about. We're still working it out. Right? Yeah, we Here's are. the thing. I mean, if we're having more people on to weigh in this year, there are going to be things that are going to have to be 
tabled and maybe maybe next week's show will be the chance to you know give those mentions yeah yeah and saying like this is what i'm thinking and then yeah. what we actually bring to the awards mm-hmm. will be different yeah uh so yeah so that's what we're gonna do ploy. next week so send this up in if, if, if you get a, a chance yeah. you're throwing some false ones it's all, it's <laughs> yeah. all bullshit yeah <laughs> it's all just aimed to make you buy other people's <laughs> books uh i'll mention this next week but just in case i forget because i'm a forgetful person next wednesday the 9th is the launch party for this the book i helped contribute to oh, the secret yes. yes. um so we're having a big launch party on the 9th at the TCAF shop, which is the Toronto Reference Library. Um, and love launch party. Oh, look, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's Wednesday, December 9th, starting at 6. And a bunch of us are going to be there signing the books. Cool. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. FYI. So it's like, oh. Oh, I'm listed on the site. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a bunch of people who are going to be um, signing and all kinds of cool things. So, yeah, and it, it'll be for sale if you missed it nice. on the Kickstarter. I got my uh, email from Hope saying, oh, we got all, I got all the books and they're going to be sending out soon. So Yeah, I went to her apartment last week and I signed like a hundred something copies of it. Nice. Well, she like made me cookies and fed me wine. <laughs> And at dinner, so I was pretty tipsy. My signature may not look like my signature. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun and I felt very fancy. I was like, ooh, I'm signing fancy books while your dad sits on the couch. He's the most Canadian human I've ever met in my life. And he watches Naked Gun, the third one, because oh God, <laughs> you're like scrolling through to find the first one on Netflix. 33 and a third. 33 and a third. The final yeah. insult. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he was watching Kingpin initially. Oh, that's oh wow. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? He's like, yeah. It's a good yep. movie. Yep. Anyways, so if you are in the GTA, the greater Toronto area for not GTAers, <laughs> um, come by next week. Uh, the address is 789 Young Street. So it's where TCAF is held uh, at Page and Panel. So come by. Cool. Awesome. Um, if you guys want to go to talkingtownbooks.com and check out all our awesome columns and reviews, uh, you can do that. Also, our, our podcasts, Talking Comics, which you're listening to, The Misfits, uh, Talking Games, Talking Movies, Talking Valiant, and Talking Shoujo, all there for you. You have podcasts pretty much every day of the week, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Do I have time to make my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to okay. let you do that. All right, I, had a, I, had a, I, I had a, you a had, whole order for it. You had that. Just, I'm wrapping it up now. I know, but you're, you're, this is... I'll give you a little secret, all right? Okay. When, when we give our personal information out, mm-hmm. I say, hey, Steve, Bob, Stephanie, and myself, I give, give them all out. I don't like to go right into, and now it's over, Steve, Bob, Stephanie, me, say goodbye. So I always put something in the middle between those two things. And that's where your, your piece was going to go. The sandwich. So that everyone out there can hear <laughs> for the behind the scenes. Um, so <laughs> uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve. Mine is at dead underscore anchorist. Stephanie. At hello cookie. Bob. And it's still Bob Ryer talking comic books.com. Steve, you had an announcement you wanted to make. I do. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to announce it here, but uh, it'll be up by uh, Wednesday morning, if not after I go home. But uh, we're running a contest. And uh, if you're interested, here is the score. Uh, I will tell you a quick little story. I did uh, happen. I'm starting this the wrong way. <laughs> 
I had some work done for me uh, by a uh, personal friend and friend of the show, uh, J.P. Ahonen. You might remember us mentioning him from last year's awards, uh, where his uh, graphic novel with K.P. Allaire called Sing No Evil was up in the nominations and actually made it to second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a absolutely phenomenal uh, graphic novel. And in my possession, I have three of them because the man did some work for me and he doesn't want my money. <laughs> He's got a, a second baby on the way, and I said, no, something needs to be done. So went out and bought a couple copies of his book to give away for Christmas, and we have three for you guys. Here's the score. You've seen the Marvel hip-hop variant covers that have been coming out this past month and all over the internet. What we want from you, should you care to enter, is rock and roll and or heavy metal album cover variants. From you guys, uh, you can use pencils, crayons, uh, Photoshop, photography, any medium that you want to create these things, so long as it's you creating the art. Obviously, you're going to be using known covers and characters, but the art, ha- you can't just, Bobby. Well, you can't just like, if you, you can't go online and look up, hey, here's a rock and roll variant cover that somebody already made like on DeviantArt. Right. And just yeah. use it as your own. Right. Yeah, you have to create it, whether you're drawing it, whether you're taking like a cool photograph and using it, like you said, as, as an album cover, mm-hmm. or you you know, you, you can even take like, oh, here's Deadpool's head and I put it on this thing and I was able to Photoshop in a cool way and make it, that's fine if you didn't draw that Deadpool, but right. the, the finished creation has to be something that you created. Right. And you have to be able to send, you know, a JPEG file or or what have you uh, to me. The email that you can reach me at will be in the rules. The rules will all be posted on the site. Uh, we'll be promoting it. And uh, U.S. residents only. I apologize. <laughs> but um, I'm taking care of this whole thing myself. <laughs> I do apologize. <laughs> um, I'm doing this all myself, and so I need to keep it kind of respectable to my well, wallet, and especially the holidays. <laughs> uh, you you all have until the stroke of midnight, so you have till the end of the year to get your entries in. At midnight, I am closing this contest. There will be three winners, so it's not just like one person is going to get to uh, to take home one of the books. We have three books to give away, so there will be three winners. Uh, be as creative as possible. It will behoove you to use characters that people kind of know about. If you use, you know, indie characters for some weird corner of comics that we don't know, we don't understand the reference, it's going to be very hard to kind of judge it and, and kind of to, to get the joke or, or understand the presentation. Um, but like I said, all the finalized rules and everything will be in the post. Look for that on the TalkingComicBooks.com website. Uh, within the next 24 hours. And we really hope that you get involved. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, get as creative and crazy as you want to be. And um, make sure that when you do send your uh, album cover artwork, send us a copy of the actual album cover as well so we could do a side-by-side uh, comparison. And uh, like I said, use any medium you want so long as it's your creation, mm-hmm. it counts. And only one entry per person. Yeah. What he means is he hopes you participate unless you're Canadian, in which case go to hell. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean, because yeah. I hate Canada. Or Hugh in Cardiff. What is he? Yeah. Cardiffians. We do enough for him. He's fine. <laughs> He's perfectly fine. What about Maria? I That I really do feel bad about. I love Maria so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. And I Nikki. And oh my God, you're turning bad. this all against yeah, me. Yeah. And what if someone uses a Rush album cover since they're from Canada? That, that wouldn't count either. No. No. But I'm talking about like... All the good things. 
Nickelback, the tragically hip. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, they can be Canadian artists. Canadian oh, album I'm covers. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you're kidding, Stephanie. I was going along with the joke. <laughs> all right. So that's the deal. We hope you have fun deal. with it. Uh, as of your hearing this, you want to start putting your ideas together and drawing up the artwork, feel free. Uh, like I said, the email and all the details will be up on the site. And you have until the stroke of midnight at the end of this year upon which to enter. And uh, we'll feature your art on the site and mm-hmm. do a whole a whole big presentation. And uh, we'll all look at it. So it's not just three tool album covers that that win. You can't. You know what, man? <laughs> I've already I've already <laughs> thought about that. And you really can't do much with their stuff. Some people are pretty creative. But I will give you I'll, I'll give you one. My girlfriend had this idea and I thought it was awesome. The Blind Melon cover mm-hmm. with like Janet Van Dyne as the B-girl mm-hmm. would be amazing. So if you do that, you automatically win. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a bad thing. <laughs> but it's a great idea. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, with that, that's going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast for this week. For Steve. Till next time. Bob. Good night. And Stephanie. Bye. <laughs> I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued always finishing strong yes (laughs) 